0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello everyone, and welcome to the world of UX. I'm your host, Darren Hood, and on this podcast... For those of you that are new, welcome to you. We spend time on this podcast talking about all things user experience. There is no topic that's related to the discipline that we cannot and will not touch upon at some point in time, including things that a lot of people might think are not related to user experience, but they very well indeed are. It's, it's one thing for us to talk about how we do our work. It's another thing to talk about things that are related to the work that we do to the extent that we need to be knowledgeable. We need to be aware. We need to have these things on our radar in order to excel at user experience. So uh, just just to explain, if you're wondering why, why aren't you talking about wireframes? Why aren't you talking about a uh, journey maps? Why aren't you talking about... A, B, C, D, and E, we talk about any and everything that is related and it's, it's interesting that you have a lot of people that are interested in UX today and they only focus on the work and many people have a rude awakening because they learn about the work and then they get a job and then all the things like some of the things I'm talking about on this podcast are the things that come up and sort of bite you in the rear and you get surprised. It's better to know about what's going on than to be surprised by it. And so for that reason, we talk about any and everything. And a lot of the topics that we have, and I do have a long list of things I'm already gonna be cover, covering, I should say, in, in the weeks ahead. And a lot of them are what you might consider to be your your mainstream UX topics and the one that we're even covering now. It's not something that people think about, but you better believe it's something that people need to know about if they're going to excel. The topic that we're covering currently, and this is week two of three weeks in looking at this topic, we're piggybacking on the recent series that we did about overcoming the mirage of UX ambiguity, and we're talking about a different mirage. This time, we're talking about the mirage of personal UX maturity. In other words, and since I didn't really spend a lot of time explaining it last week, I want to talk about it a little bit right now. What am I talking about? What is, first, what is personal UX maturity? We talked about corporate UX maturity on an earlier episode, and we talked about how there are lots of different schools of thought out there. Jacob Nielsen published one years ago. That's probably the first one that was circulated in the wild. Now there are... UX maturity models aplenty. They're everywhere. And it's not like you have to subscribe to one necessarily. And you actually could write your own UX maturity uh, model for your organization because it's about what works for your organization and what works for one organization may not work for another. We know, we understand that. And we even, when we talked about that, that, that subject, we actually encourage people take a look at what's out there and Come up with one that works for you, for your organization. But where you have a little bit of a tie-in and what we're talking about now is that even though there is a corporate UX maturity level, nobody really talks about the fact that there is a personal UX maturity level. Where do you stand? How knowledgeable are you about UX? How well-versed are you when it comes to different aspects of the discipline? Where do you, where could you stand to grow? Where, where is a a great place for you to do some improvement? When you start paying attention to things like this, it's, it becomes pretty, pretty obvious that embracing the mindset of having a personal UX maturity model is good, not only for you, but it's a good thing for people on your team. It's a good thing for managing the, the UX practice in a given organization And when you have people that are on a certain path, it gives them something to shoot for, just like it does when you're looking at the corporate UX maturity level. When you see those base UX maturity levels from a corporate standpoint, the same thing exists on a personal level. You have hostility levels, you have skunk works, you have uh, levels where people are very well versed and they understand and they buy into UX and they support you and truth be told, a lot of UX people are fluctuating and moving back and forth between some of these different levels, especially if you go to one, from one organization to another, and the requirements for what you're doing from a UX perspective vary. And if you're at an organization that doesn't have a high maturity level, you really need to take a good, solid look at yourself, because if you haven't been doing UX for a very long time, an organization that doesn't have a high maturity, UX maturity level can easily have detrimental impact upon you and your growth as an individual. So anyway, all the things I'm saying right now are really just to help level set us so that we can go forward with the segments that we want to talk about tonight in week number two. But again, just so everybody understands what I'm getting at when I talk about a personal UX maturity level, we have starting points, we have stages that we go through, in our own careers, state uh, stages that we go through with regard to our own maturity in UX, and we need to pay attention to those things and manage those things uh, so that we can we can thrive, we we can excel in the discipline. That's what we're all after, I'm sure. Last week, I presented three questions in laying the foundation for this topic. Because one of the things that happens in UX today is there are a lot of people that don't understand what UX is, let alone pay attention to where they are when it comes to UX. And when someone doesn't understand what UX is and whether they're paying attention to themselves or not, if someone doesn't really have a viable, trustworthy and reliable concept of, of what user experience is as a discipline and how you go about doing the job, you will never be able to assess yourself properly until you truly come into knowledge of it. So that said, the second aspect of it from a foundational standpoint has to do with how you already got people who don't really know what UX is, or they have you know, some idea there, there are some people out there that that fall into that range as well. But one of the things that's happening today is people are fudging not only what UX is, not only are people misdefining, trying to redefine UX. There's a whole slew of people out here today who are, they don't know anything about true base user experience as a discipline. They don't know anything at all. And they have been trying to redefine what UX is. They're basically, UX exists, so why don't we just take the name, Slap our own understanding of it or what we want it to be, call our thing UX, and then displace everybody else. (laughs) That's that's really what's been going on for about the last five, six, seven years. This has been going on. I I had a conversation with somebody on on LinkedIn. Thank God that we were able to actually exchange thoughts. But someone said, what is UX? And I'm like, okay, okay. And I, I actually began to break it down. Talk about what UX is in general. Talk about what the different methods, methodologies are. I talked about what the four pillars are. This is UX. That person felt that UX is so simple now that all you need is pattern libraries and anybody can do it. See, that's one of the people we've been talking about. They don't really understand what UX is. And to lead into that second point again now, When people don't understand what UX is, and you have people telling you that UX is something that it is not, one of the questions I asked last week was, can you really learn UX in a few weeks or a few months? And the answer is absolutely not. Is UX so simple that anybody can do it? No. Everybody who does UX of a truth, who does real UX work, had to grow. And it takes a while to grow. And that's where we're going to go tonight. I'll give you a few examples of, of how it parallels across other disciplines. Is UX, the third question, a complex discipline? Yes, it is. And this is when we talk about things like this. This is when people accuse us of being gatekeepers. And no, that, that's just some people playing reverse psychology and gas lighting games. There is no such thing as, as gatekeeping, first and foremost the people who complain about gatekeeping, take a close look and you'll see they really don't know what UX is. And this whole thing where these people who don't know what UX is, defining and calling shots associated with UX, that stuff just needs to stop. And it'll stop when people who are the UX practitioners stop giving them the time of day, (laughs) when we stop uh, 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 publicizing what they're doing, when we stop acting like Someone who doesn't know anything has something to contribute. Since when does that happen? Anywhere. It it doesn't. And so uh, a person I talked to last week was talking about how some lead economists are saying that when it comes to UX ROI, now all you have to do is do X, Y, and Z. Do I really care what an economist has to say about UX? No, I do not. These people who don't have authority can no longer come in. I don't let them. You need to stop letting them come in and tell you about the work that you do. These people do are not experts. We already have a lot of organizations that don't know what UX is. Now these people are going to come in and make these non-authoritative claims, and we're supposed to govern ourselves by it? I don't think so. This is one of the reasons why UX is, as I keep saying, under siege, and someone said, well, every, every organization, every, every discipline suffers that. Well, we're all in UX. So we care about what's going on under here or over here. UX is under siege. Let's do something about it. So anyway, so it, it you can't learn UX in a few weeks. You can't learn it in a few months. You can lay a foundation and and be on your way. Uh, but if you learn even that from the wrong, from the wrong source, that's going to create problems too. So This whole mirage of personal UX maturity has to do with how long it takes you to learn the discipline, understanding where you are in the discipline. Because if, again, if you misdefine UX, you don't know where you are. And I know people who've been doing UX for three, four or five years. These are the people who have the imposter syndrome issues. These are the people who say that they don't have any confidence about the work they're doing. You know why? Because they don't know what UX is. We're going to be talking about that on another upcoming series, but its I'm not going to talk about it at length right now, but we need to embrace what true UX is, simply examine where you stand, and then move in the right direction. If you know something, good. If you don't know something, then go learn it. So nobody's stopping you, but if you're going to sit there and you're not going to apply yourself to the discipline of a truth. You're not going to try to measure up to the different methods and methodologies that have been left on record for us so that we can grow instead of trying to define our own path, Uh, yeah, you're gonna struggle. Yeah, you're gonna have imposter syndrome issues. Yeah, you're you're gonna wonder about the work you're doing and whether or not anybody takes you seriously because you don't even take you seriously. So these people are playing the victim you're not a victim, it's self-inflicted. So let's let's embrace UX properly and let's go on the same way together, the same path, the same principles, the same methods, the same methodologies. Let, let's go forward uh, and all that bickering that goes on in the UX world. We did a, a, a podcast with Debbie Levitt, the wonderful Debbie Levitt, about conflict between juniors and seniors in UX. And it really comes from the fact that some people are, they won't humble themselves. If you're a junior, you got to do the same thing that those of us that are seniors today did when we were juniors, and then you don't have the issue. But at any rate, so I don't let the time get away from me today. Let's look at some quick comparisons. I want you to look at today, consider the path that people travel on, a maturity path, a career maturity path, lest I say personal UX maturity, we're going to parallel it. Let's look at cook's. Photographers and those in the medical field, doesn't matter what field it is, but we're going to, we're going to call that out anyway. Please know that there is not a scientific discipline. UX is a science. There isn't a scientific discipline in the world that doesn't require time and an investment in sweat equity to achieve any level of mastery. Please know and understand that. When we understand that and we, we we humble ourselves to it and we apply ourselves to it, you can start to move in the direction of mastery. But if you ignore it and then try to, to, to set up this yellow brick road path that only consists of the things that you're imagining and what you want to define UX as, you're one of the people that's laying seeds to the discipline. So let's embrace the discipline as is. But at any rate, cooks, you have line cooks, there are prep cooks, relief cooks, short order cooks and fast food cooks. You also have your sous chefs and you have different trainees and different levels under the sous chefs. No matter where you are when you begin going down the path of becoming a cook, if you want to become a career chef, you may start you might start at fast food. You might start as a line cook. You're going to end up, if you want to go through uh, these paths and you want to perform at the highest levels, it's probably good to go and get a degree in culinary arts. The training, whatever it is, you're going to have to go somewhere, get proper training, understand the basics, and then you begin to progress through the different levels of seniority, and then you achieve the area that you wanted to, where where you're going to be satisfied. And you just continue to hone your craft. You get sharper. When it comes to photography, so many different types of photography. And photography is interesting because today photography sometimes reminds me of UX. I do photography on the side. And it reminds me of UX in that a lot of people, because they have a camera on their phone, they think that they can they think that they can engage in photography. There's a difference between taking a picture and taking a photograph. We won't get into that today, but please know there is a difference between the two. And yes, some people can take great photographs with the camera on their phone, but that still doesn't make you a photographer. You don't know the science of the discipline. There are macro photographers, portraits, headshot photographers, landscape photographers, real estate photographers, event photographers. There are so many different types of photography, and each one has different tenets different principles, different things that you want to, to know different, different granular elements of the discipline that if you would like to, or you're planning to excel at any one of those levels and any one of those types of photography, you're going to need to learn those different tenets so that you can excel. You can't just pick up a camera and go. It, It just doesn't work that way. You can get all the equipment, it's like you can get all the software. That doesn't make you a good UX person. It just means you have the software license. You can get a certificate. That doesn't mean that you're good at what you do. It just means that you completed the program. So we want to make sure that we we understand with cooks and photographers, you have to go through the paces. And as a UX professional, you have to go through the paces. Nobody is exempt. Here's our last example for today. Medical fields. There are medical assistants. There are internists, audiologists, allergists, dermatologists, obstetricians, surgeons. There are so many different types of medical professions. But even if you're a medical assistant, you still have to go through specific training. You still have to learn certain basics. There are still certain certain aspects of that medical discipline, that medical field, that you need to understand these basics that will help support the area that you're going to be operating in so that you can just excel at what you do. Again, there isn't a scientific discipline in the world that doesn't require time and an investment in sweat equity to achieve any level of mastery. And, In order to proceed and carry out whatever your tasks or goals out in an ethical manner, you need to embrace those principles. UX has the same path. A lot of people think that they're doing UX just because they gave some input. A lot of people think today that just because they can whip up some food for the family, that that makes them a cook. No, you're not. There's a difference between you and a trained cook. Just because you have a camera on your phone, as we talked about already, that doesn't make you a photographer. It means that you can take some pictures and, you know, and do it and keep doing it. But don't cross that line where you begin to think of yourself as something that you're not just because you did a particular, you performed a particular task. That doesn't make you equal to the people who do those things from a professional standpoint. If you have information from WebMD and you were able, maybe even successfully, diagnose something that was going on with you, God forbid you you, uh, take that as some kind of authoritative perspective on what's going on with you and you decide to dismiss the doctor. I dare you to do that. We need to understand that personal UX maturity is something we must focus on and awareness of the principles of the discipline help to ground us, and they provide us with a a mode, a venue for examination, for analysis, so that we can see where we stand in our development and establish goals in proceeding and advancing in our maturity. And it's going to take a while. Don't try to microwave your success in ux because people who do that end up making shipwreck that's all the time we have today folks for this topic uh we're gonna wrap this topic up next week so thanks again for joining me on the world of ux today this is your host darren hood happy uxing everybody thanks for joining us for this session of cx of m radio